Tyler is finally free from the shackle of solo episodes. Yay. So it's time to finally talk about something in his wheelhouse. <laughs> we'll be discussing the latest and potentially greatest Spider-Man film across the Spider-Verse. Welcome to the Switch Clicks Podcast, episode 139, recorded on June 5th, 2023. My name is Dakota, back from Japan, and I'm here today with Tyler. Hello, you know me. I'm the only one who's been doing this for like the past month. <laughs> yeah, um, of course, uh, I don't think I even made this public at all, or maybe I mentioned a little bit, but yeah, I was in Japan for the last three weeks. Um, if you head over to our YouTube channel, I'll probably have some videos coming out soon about that. Mainly sometime in the future, uh, tips and tricks on how to buy stuff for cheap in Japan. Specifically like anime figures and merchandise and whatnot. Ooh. But yeah, on my flight to Japan, I knew that Across the Spider-Verse was around the corner. And I did watch Into the Spider-Verse on the way there. Even with the plane still slapped the screen size. Um, and what the what's up danger scene where he's uh, jumping off the building, the leap of faith, mm -hmm. still slaps. Best Even scene at like, all of the cinema. really tiny, the tiny little uh, airport monitor size. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, they gave me like the cheapest headphones ever um, on the flight, <laughs> and I don't own any wired uh, earbuds, so <laughs> I had to use <laughs> the hand up. Um, the and then coming back, watch it in theaters the first day with running uh jet lag still slaps and it's one of the greatest movies of all time i loved it so so much it's probably i think probably the best spider-man movie i have my own personal bias that won't put it to number one but like yeah that is, it is excellent astonishingly so you know, I have I've said this multiple times before and we talk about movies, but I have like a list of these are my these are the movies that I think are the best Spider-Man movies. And these are the movies uh, that I think I enjoyed the most. And mm -hmm. this is definitely very, very high on that list. And I think it is the best Spider-Man movie. Uh, but I have my biases on the other side again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I don't know. Like, I guess just. Uh, full ahead this is uh, full spoilers we're not going to be holding back uh so yeah but um it might not be the best just considering it's not a full it's just a part one uh yeah so i think i always the cliffhanger always just makes me happy in a movie uh for whatever reason i like the feeling of in the theater um and but that's probably it's probably not like actually the best but it is definitely like up there is my favorites almost overtaking spider-man 3 <laughs> not quite though <laughs> i went to i went to the movie with my brother and he definitely agreed that this is like one of the best movies he's seen in a while and he's very critical of the mcu in general like he's mm -hmm. doesn't watch the new ones anymore <laughs> fair um, enough <laughs> and he got bored of it after they killed iron man so uh, yeah, but i i incredible. i told my brother that like i think i enjoyed into the spider-verse more but only because of like the payoff and uh how they how they did the payoff with the uh uh the leap of faith scene i still will forever never stop talking about that mm -hmm. um but that scene you know there's 
you get the you get the lead up to that scene is just so good. And because this movie is part one of two, we'll get that payoff in the second movie. So yeah. I didn't get any of that payoff in the first one, which I was expecting. Mm, the closest we got sense. was when uh, Miles was like pinned to the train that was going to space. And he was like, mm-hmm. nah, let me do my own thing. I was, that was the closest. so expecting it to be like uh, the higher you get in space, like he was going to start like getting lightheaded and stuff. But that never that was like I was like, when is this going to happen? And it never did. But I mean, that makes sense. Um. Yeah, I've heard people say a lot of the times with other movies that like it's like always the story of becoming is more interesting than the story of being. And for this movie, I don't know what it was, but the first like little bit of it where it's like um, just Miles helping out in his own world uh, and just like interacting with his dad, but like as Spider-Man and um, like the initial fight with the spot is all so entertaining he's just like he's they did such a good job of just making him being spider-man so fun and lively and yeah it's just it's stunning i was Um, actually thinking about that recently and we haven't got a like a normal spider-man movie in so long and i think it's the fact that people are just craving a a street level spider-man thing (laughs) <laughs> it's almost mm-hmm. just proves your point <laughs> yeah and like i wouldn't even say like far from home isn't that's spider-man's not in new york in there like the yeah. last one we probably got was either into the spider-verse if you count it or homecoming homecoming probably would be the closest thing yeah that's why i like homecoming so much it was like the last street level mm-hmm. one <laughs> um oh actually Homecoming reminded me, because Vulture's the villain of Homecoming, reminded me of the Vulture fight at the beginning of this movie. Um, And just one specific thing that I saw, uh, when Vulture was firing, I don't remember if it was like missiles or his wings or something, he fired something. And before he did it, the background for a little bit turned like parchment paper brown with like Da Vinci calculations floating around as he's calculating Mm -hmm. how to shoot it in his head. And that like, that was the first moment where... Not the first moment, but that was one of the moments where I sat back in the seat and went, yeah, it's going to be this kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, I was like giggling next to my brother. I'm like, yes, I can't believe they're doing this. <laughs> yeah, even like while reviewing this, I'm just smiling the whole time. It's oh, it's so good. I had the same moment when when uh, Hobie showed up and I saw his art style because I barely watched any of the trailers. I'm like, holy crap! How did they do it? I I spur- like I watched the trailers, but I purposefully uh, skipped out on all the clips that they release. Um, yeah. and I'm so happy I did that. Uh, but yeah. Oh, also, I I don't know. I feel like watching the movie, Hobie's supposed to be the character. It's like, yeah, this is like the bad boy character that everyone's supposed to like. And normally that makes me go like, oh, I want to be cool and not like him. But it's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> He's so awesome. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I couldn't understand what he was saying. Like, he was very, very British. <laughs> they had little so much author's slang. notes in the corner for the slang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a, what a good, what a good way to do it. And like, when... When he uh, like throws away his little watch and goes into the portal because he quits is so 
He's he just <laughs> comes in, ruins everything, and leaves without without explanation. <laughs> you know that picture of the guy sitting on like his window ledge, or maybe it's like it's like just he's sitting on a ledge staring at the sun. And it's like I bring the whole we should all quit energy to the workplace that my bosses really don't like. <laughs> that, that's literally that's literally him. He brings the I think we should all quit energy that no one likes. Somebody made a joke on Twitter, and Tyler, you may have seen it, where it was part of the advertising that they were introducing Hobie, and it was like, oh, his introduction, it was like, oh, I, I hate the AM, I hate the PM, and then somebody screenshotted the I hate the PM, and they said, like, average British person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think I, I think I missed that one. No? I saw a lot. But not it definitely that. went viral, and I've <laughs> Spider-Man's been on my timeline all week now. Oh, it's insane. <laughs> Artists I've are amazing, getting... too. <laughs> I've been getting so much more, like, needlessly, like, um, needlessly horny art of, like, Miguel to <laughs> yeah. like, an absurd degree. <laughs> well, I'm like, That's I, true. I don't think I can open Twitter on, like, the bus right now for fear. <laughs> of it just <laughs> it's it's gonna it's gonna be rough for the next little bit yeah oh man uh alter also also uh speaking of i was talking about the beginning of the movie that opening with gwen is i said i've already said stunning i need to think of more adjectives it is it's just so it's so good um in the first movie i didn't hate gwen i didn't really love gwen either she was just kind of there she was like the intermediate middle ground between miles and peter b parker but mm -hmm. the, the the showing her world and how her world's pretty much the same except whenever it gets dramatic they switch up the color scheme like it's jojo's bizarre adventure and it's so cool how like where miles's world the farther you get into the background it gets like the chromatic aberration gets uh further apart it like that's how they make things look blurry while in her world like the farther things are away they're just like less detailed brush strokes and then when it gets dramatic and like the backgrounds all melt into color it's Dude, that was so, so cool it's so cool uh, first that's what like convinced me that it was watercolor i was like okay this is cool it's watercolor paint but is it like digital or real and then when she finally hugged her dad and the scene got emotional and it started like watering away like like oh fresh oh my gosh fresh watercolor that was incredible <laughs> it is it's so like genuinely i had no idea that they could destroy the how the first spider-verse looked i yeah. thought it was going to be pretty much close to the same but they really went out and made for the second time now sony animation the emoji movie people have <laughs> made every other animated movie look ugly for the t second time in a row. It is, it it's incredible. Putting the two movies side by side as well, you can definitely see that the normal stuff has been upgraded significantly. Like it almost, it almost looks a little bit cheaper the first one. <laughs> yeah, they just I think it had so the same good. budget. Yeah, they just gotten so good at like the integrating the different styles like uh the first spider-verse movie was cool and all with all like everyone has a kind of different art style but this one just pushes it so much further with um the introduction of well hobie primarily 
but then you get like live action footage put in or um when 60s spider-man shows up and it's just (laughs) one one reused animation cell that they use a million times in the show uh it's yeah well, that was the joke that they, he got stuck on one frame. Yeah, he so got he stuck on one frame. He can't. He can't do anything. There is no budget in there. But oh, it is wow. So wow, we wow. might as well talk about the different Spider-Man and what they did actually with the Spider Verse. Yeah, I might uh, as well actually start talking about like the plot. I know this episode is all <laughs> over the place, but it doesn't matter. We are gushing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I, who cares about the plot? Fair enough. Cool. Fair enough. I'm I'm gonna be uh, the, the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the pointing at the <laughs> pointing at the screen the whole movie. <laughs> it, it's true. That is really how I felt the entire time. Oh, um, in my theater there was a. Normally, I'm not a big fan of people talking in the theater, but there was like probably like a ten to twelve year old sitting behind me who was just like hype manning the whole movie, and it was <laughs> it made it so much better. Like. And he was well-versed in his Spider-Man knowledge, too. It was crazy. Like, Spider-Punk first shows up, and he's like, Spider-Punk, no way! And I'm what? like, he knows this guy? He knows who <laughs> Spider-Punk is? And then um, later, I hear, like, in the credits, he's talking to his dad, and he calls Spider-Man 2099 Miguel O'Hara. And I'm like, you picked Whoa. up on that? <laughs> he, he was just, yeah. In this kid, shout out to him. <laughs> um, I heard one of the complaints of the movie was that the, the like the spider people just kind of went along with it with uh, mm. Miguel. Yeah, which I guess, but also I'm pretty sure the whole point was that Miguel like picked and chose who yeah. was part of the Spider Society, so that's I, why they all uh... kind of went with it. I saw someone's theory on Twitter of people being like, why? Well, if Toby and Andrew were there, they would also go on Miles's side. And it's like, yeah, because that's kind of the whole point. That's like why he's just picking and choosing people that are going to kind of agree with him. Because I think you're, we're probably going to see in the third one that I'm, that he's wrong to a degree, Uh, especially considering like, I guess they're just saying that, Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man 3 or Captain Stacy in Spider-Man 3 just dies at some point off screen. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess. Cuz the captain dying isn't necessarily something that always has to happen. Um mm-hmm. so I have to imagine in the third movie they're going to actually they're going to disprove Miguel's point. Hey, listen. I know if you're listening to this podcast episode, you're probably not interested in Zelda, but If you are, there's a convention happening this weekend, a digital convention that you can be a part of anywhere on the planet. It's called Zelda Creator Con. Uh, We'll be participating. We'll actually be hosting two panels. Uh, Number one will be Codenames Zelda Edition. Um, I'll be hosting a game of the board game Codenames on Friday night. Um, And yeah, anybody can join. It's just a team v team situation. And then on the Saturday night, I'll be also hosting Triforce Trivia. It'll be coming back for a third time. Um, And we are bringing back pretty much every question we've ever asked. Um, So yeah, hopefully you're there June 9th to 11th. Link description for more details. I mean, I can just... 
let me just click through my click through my brain to the next like scene that stood out to me. Um, oh yeah, so later in the movie, Miguel is chasing Miles up a big like bus to space, and all the spider people are following him. And Miguel, as he tells Miles, like the the fact that the conflict of the movie ends up being the main villain doesn't think Miles Morales deserves to be Spider-Man is so on point to a degree. Mm-hmm. It's like so on the nose to the degree that I kind of respect it. But like, no, nothing is serious enough to get that close to someone's ear. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, earlier in the, in the movie, very early, you know, the teacher parent teacher conference. Mm-hmm. And the teacher was talking about like uh, that he that uh, Miles needs a story and whatever. And mm-hmm. and first of all, that scene was amazing. It was just f- hilarious because immigrant mm-hmm. parents and whatnot. <laughs> but technically not. <laughs> um, and then later on, when Miles and 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 his mom was, I don't know, up on the rooftop she was talking to him about like fitting in somewhere and wherever you go, you're going to fit in and you're going to like force yourself in kind of Um, Mm -hmm. don't tell them that you can't fit in stuff like that. And, you know, during that scene, we don't know that, you know, that stuff happens, but it was so obvious foreshadowing, but it was also such amazing foreshadowing for exactly what happened at the end of the, at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you, kind of touched on it just like very very briefly but the amount of praise this movie's been getting for its visuals and its excellent story not a lot of people are talking about how just really funny it is like way yeah. funnier than the last one uh maybe i haven't seen it in a little bit but like especially uh jefferson davis miles dad i <laughs> i didn't i either forgot that he was re- like he had the the one um say bye to your dad scene which was quite funny in the first one but he's just he's just being funny the whole movie yeah and a lot of it really comes from the um kind of like the husband and wife um, little battles that they have yeah <laughs> once yeah. the wife says something he backs off <laughs> i i think like their relationship is just it's very like it it's so like they just bounce off each other really well too. It, I don't think any character in this movie feels out of place. No, even though that's kind of mild as the whole thing. Ha ha ha! It's the part of the movie. He <laughs> he. <laughs> um. Uh. Oh, I, and one more, just like super minuscule thing, right at the end of the movie, where Miles has been teleported to the wrong Earth, uh, and the uh, everyone else is going to. Uh, 1610 to find him but he's actually in 42 uh and there's a scene where uh miguel goes to the place and is just standing ominously next to a bright red welcome sign and it is like maybe the most beautiful shot i've seen in an animated movie in a very very long time they kept cutting back to it. I think they did it like two or three times. They love in awe every single time. It's it's so cool. It's like it's so um, simple, but it's if you awesome. remember, I don't know if you have you seen Batman Returns. I have not. <laughs> no. Uh, well, there's a scene in that movie where 
uh, Catwoman is becoming Catwoman and getting all dressed up. And she has a sign in her room that says, it's like a pink neon sign that says, hello there. And then after she's done being Catwoman, she like scratches the room and like whips it up and it smashes a couple of the neon signs. And it says hell here instead of hello there. And uh, it's like, and then the bright pink is like the only, it, they zoom out of the room and it's like, that's the main focal point of like the Gotham um the goth skyline. skyline yeah and you just see like that and it was very reminiscent of that for me and it was like whoa what there this is so cool uh <laughs> so there's i i gen like the the first movie had this but this movie in particular i feel like there isn't a frame that wouldn't look good on a like put up on a wall of this movie yeah like i can't think of a single one single frame that i would put up i want to put all of them up <laughs> in yeah you put it up on your wall like in sequential order like <laughs> wallpaper going around the that whole would, room that would be a very psychedelic wallpaper that, that would be, be a pretty weird cool. looking room uh, <laughs> in contrast just... to the first movie where everybody put up and me as well put up <laughs> the one scene where he was falling upwards <laughs> mm-hmm. through the, the city and like they didn't really have that but um like when he's sitting with gwen underneath the, yes like, yes yes and, hanging underground. That. <laughs> and it's like what a good scene but also just so well put together in like every sense of the way yeah, everybody on Twitter is gushing about the one scene where Gwen uh, is walking like around one of the statues and it the camera follows her as the world spins around her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's so good. <laughs> it's oh wow. Like it if someone has gotten to this point in the video and have not seen the movie, go watch it. It is <laughs> it will we cannot do it justice as much as we try. It is so, so good. And like, it's so weird because there isn't really like, there isn't like a, like a villain that gets its comeuppance in this movie because it's a part one, part two. Like it kind of, in a way, it ends on such like a tense cliffhanger that I feel like I should be disappointed. But it's just, it's just so... I like going essentially halfway through the movie and stopping and I I didn't get like upset or anything. I was just so happy that this is a thing and that I that there I will be able to see it in the part 2 in the future. Yeah. Was- I sometimes wish that I didn't know it was a part 2 and I would have gotten the mm-hmm. shock of it oh to yeah. be continued. I know that the probably the majority of people going to the theaters in the next few weeks probably don't even know there's needs to be a part two. So yeah, my brother did not know there was a second one. So my brother also did not know, and I spoiled it on accident while we were watching the movie. Like we were watching the movie, and I was I like went over to him and whispered like, "Uh, how is this? Like, I know there's a part two to this movie, but like." This movie feels like it's been ending for so long, and I just don't want it to stop. And he's like, there's a part two? <laughs> My brother was saying the opposite. He kept looking at his watch, and he's like, we're, we're like two hours into this. How do they end all of this? There's a lot of setup. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, 
this movie it like it felt really long but in like a way that it's like time was slowed down so i could enjoy every second of the movie like this movie felt like three hours and (laughs) i wish it was more (laughs) yeah uh maybe the last thing actually i got two more things number one the spot yes i was gonna mention him as well i yeah the the fact that like when you first he first shows up and he he looks really goofy and everything and the like design he gets when he goes into the big collider where he's all glitchy and like (laughs) taboo-esque and (laughs) it's so i the fact like i knew the spot was beforehand and he's like the biggest joke villain that spider-man has and he is still kind of a joke here and like even i think the fact that he isn't like a super terrifying serious guy but he's just so committed right now to like ruining his life is kind of scarier yeah he's not super like his voice isn't really imposing but he's just like committed mm-hmm I when I first watched the few first few trailers, I thought the spot was just going to be like, okay, the opening scene, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they got further into the movie, and I'm like, wow, they integrated both villains insanely well. Yeah, they're oh yeah, it's and the, as well at the very end, I want to point out that his design when he kind of reverses his black and white colors, and now he's mostly black with white spots. People mm-hmm. are definitely making uh, the connections between his design and the like the black silhouette of the expectation sign from the first movie. Yes, which is so interesting. It's uh, apparently if you go back and watch the movie, there's like um, when Miles is like first web slinging or something, like he f- crashes into the ground, and the numbers like I don't know if he crashed into a sign or something, but there's just forty two next oh, to yeah. it. I saw and that tweet like, too. Yeah, just the the little the um his spider his um when he got bit by the spider and he like uh, his spider sense adjusts to uh the Peter of that world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It changes from prowler <laughs> colors to Spider-Man colors. It's so it's, cool. <laughs> it's so it's so excellent in literally every single way and we probably need to cut this off as soon as possible before we go on for an hour. Last thing, the okay. music. Oh, I didn't, I didn't pay a lot of attention to it, I'm going to be honest, but you go off. Okay, first of all, the music in the first movie was my favorite part. Uh, I have cousins that hate the first movie, and they hate it because <laughs> of the music. I have no idea why. Uh, anyways, <laughs> the music in this was great. I Fortunately, the like entire soundtrack made by the rappers and whatnot is not as good as the first one, um, and I don't think I'm alone in that. Uh, I know Jagjeet doesn't like the fact that there's no Post Malone. Yeah, I'm also disappointed that there's no Post Malone, but they announced who was working on it beforehand, so I wasn't expecting anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was nothing as catchy as Sunflower, and there was nothing as hitting hard as uh, What's Up Danger. Now I am expecting that in the second one, and I am hoping that there's something like What's Up Danger. Um, um, I know it's in the first one uh, as well, but I, I like for the last couple days have not been able to get like the of like the yeah. main Spider-Man theme. It's it's just been like repeating in my head over and over again. 
I I have um, uh, Spider Man twenty ninety nine's theme stuck in my head because it's a oh. little bit similar to the Prowler theme, but it's a, like the almost hard synth. Mm-hmm. It's like the... Yeah. Ooh. Good. That's good. So good. cool. Um, I, and I then love how like droney the music can get in these. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not something I would listen to outside of the context of the movie. Yeah, me neither. Uh, say like uh like I would with like a Danny Elfman Spider Man theme from the original three movies. Uh, but in the context of the film, it's so good. The other kind of fun thing is that at the end of the movie, when my, the evil Miles or Prowler Miles is revealed, they just do the the Prowler theme, but in reverse. Oh. It's so good. I don't. I don't remember that at all. I got. I guess I got a second go, watch. You'll have to. I gotta listen go on in. in I gotta go back as soon as possible. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just me, but uh, I made a connection between this and No Way Home, and you know, in No Way Home, that they use the uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man theme like t- way too much. <laughs> and it's like unnoticeably way too much in this yeah. one they use it they use uh miles's theme a lot but it does have a little bit better uh use because I, yeah, I watched like, a video essay about it and it was like oh they use it when they're important quote-unquote canon events uh mm. in the story or important story beats to spider-man so yeah i think they use it a lot better i also think um Miles's theme is less like operatic or like theatrical as most other Spider-Man themes, so it doesn't really like intrude as much as yeah, like a definitely. a big theatrical orchestric Spider-Man theme would. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, as much as I really love No Way Home on the first watch through, I am willing to bet this is like the the way they handled the cameos in this is so so much better (laughs) i like they were surprising to a degree that made me happy but also like i think you could take every cameo out of this movie and replace it with just like how spider-man looks just like the red and blue spider-man and they would Mm -hmm. be perfectly fine yeah It, it, it wouldn't take away nearly anything from the movie like as much as um Childish Gambino, uh, Prowler, or Miss, oh, I want to say Miss Kwan from yeah. Venom. Uh, as much as those are nice, like they aren't, they don't pause for applause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, one last thing about the music. Uh, right at the very end, right before credits roll, and they're doing kind of like the last theme and the last hurrah, and they're teaming up right before they go into the portal. Um, they actually are playing the theme of the movie. Uh, I think it's Miles' theme or just like the Spider-Verse theme. And it's different from the... Um, I think it's almost the same one from Into the Spider-Verse. But they added drums from Gwen. And they actually oh. had some like the uh, Spider-Man India Bollywood music or wh- whatever Ooh. they use there in the theme mixed in um i didn't hear any like hard rock or anything for uh, hobie but maybe on second watch maybe. i'll hear it but they mixed um, a bunch of the characters into one it was so cool and yeah i feel like a, a 
good like last note to end this on is like the last shot of the movie close to where they have like their new spider team like the spider strike force or whatever of all the characters we've kind of like known for the last two movies got is like the most hype thing ever <laughs> it, it is i'm so glad they're like bringing some of the ones from the first one back i didn't i didn't yeah. see like noir explicitly oh, or, or um, i didn't in the final in the final little group in the final uh, shot, shot Okay, there was so much going on, I couldn't look at them. Yeah, they have Spider-Ham and Spider-Man Noir in that group, which is good, because I would hate to see them get sidelined. The ones I was looking for was uh, Penny Parker, and when she showed up in that one part, it's like, everybody has to go through this, and they she revealed herself with like a slightly new art style. I'm like, why does she look so depressed? And then I realized <laughs> that the first time we saw her, she probably didn't go through any canon events, and knowing her comic, um, holy crap, she went through a lot. <laughs> I actually don't know anything about that you comic. I've, okay, I've not... after a recording, just go look it up. <laughs> it's so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of fun. Um, I also hope with Spider-Man Noir, they pay off the Rubik's Cube. Ooh, fair enough. Like he, he, I don't know, he completed it. Does something with something. it. Yeah. Gives it back, uses it as a weapon, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he, like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't even think of. I, I, Maybe I can't he can paint or something better. There is too much to say in the span of an episode. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, that's proper English. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in discussing the latest and potentially greatest Spider Man film across the Spider Verse. We'd love it if you could follow us on Twitter and listen to future episodes on Spotify and iTunes. Join our community Discord server to continue today's discussion. And we'll see you next time on the Switch Clicks podcast.